to begin with a few words of trivia. Avram Avinu, Abraham, our father, was born on the Jewish calendar in the year 1948. Now, when he was 75, another number. When he was 75, God reveals himself to Avram and says, Lech lecha, leave your home and go to the land of Israel. Avram Avinu is now 75 years old. That same year, when he comes to Israel, a war breaks out between the five kings and then the four kings. And then Avram Avinu fights against the four kings. Why does he fight against the four kings? Because he has a nephew that was taken hostage. And now he fights for his nephew, for the hostages, which he retrieves from the four kings. This is this week's Parsha. The Torah is eternal for all generations. We hope and pray to see just like four of the hostages already were released, that Hashem should continue to protect us, and that Avram, representing Am Yisrael, should be successful in their war against terrorism and to receive and retrieve all the hostages. Let us say Amen. Okay. Let's get a bit deeper into the parsha. God tells Avram, God tells Avram, you should leave your land, you should leave your birthplace, and you are to leave your father's home. Now, we know the Torah is very careful not to waste words, even letters. So why does the Torah tell Avram three different terminologies? Leave your land, leave your birthplace, Leave your father's home. Say one of the three. Leave your land, or leave your birthplace, or leave your father's home. And go to the land where I will show you, which is the land of Canaan, which later became Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel. Number two. In this same parsha that we talk about Avram's journey, his first mitzvah, the first time that God revealed himself to Avram, he was 75. In this same parasha, we also talk about the promise that God tells Avram, I will give you and your descendants forever the land of Israel. In other words, even though Israel as a state is celebrating 75 years of their birthday, but in reality, the history of the land of Israel goes back until the time of Avram Avinu, and the actual conquest was in the time of Joshua. So we, the Jewish people, already are in the land over 3,300 years. So the promise of the land of Israel is given in this week's parasha. And then God tells Avram, you should circumcise yourself. The mitzvah of Milah is also in this week's parasha. And we explain many times that even though 
God commands Avram that the males should be circumcised. But according to the Talmud and according to Kabbalah, in Judaism, women are born circumcised, which means they already have this connection to God from day one. Men need to wait eight days to have this connection to God. Women are born with this at the time of their birth. And then God tells Avram, you should change your name. No longer should your name be Avram, but it should be Avraham, to add the letter He. The fact that all of these stories and details are in this one parsha means they're all connected one to the other. So how do we understand these separate concepts under one umbrella of Lechelcha? First and foremost, Avram Avinu was introduced in this week's parsha at the age of 75 years old. I have a question for you. What happened the first 75 years? Where was he? What happened to him? He is spoken about in brief in the previous parsha at the end, but really in a very few amount of verses. Yet the Medrash and the Talmud and the Rambam and the commentaries have long discussions of what took place the first 75 years of Avraham Avinu's life. Avraham Avinu, already at the age of three, began to recognize that there was a creator, even though he was raised in a home of idolatry. His father, Terach, was the, the biggest idol maker in the country. He had factories all over. Avraham Avinu was raised in a home of idolatry, yet at the age of three already he began to recognize one God. At the age of 40, says that Ambam, he was clear, crystal clear, scientifically, based on the laws of mathematics and science, epistemology, philosophy. He was able to prove there was one God. And he would have public debates, proving that only one God exists, and God is reality, everything else has no other power. Not only that, Avraham Avinu says that Ammon was called Eson, the strong one. It was one person against the entire world. He was totally intrepid. He was strong. He was persistent. He was committed. And he was not intimidated by anybody, by kings, by generals, by armies. He was proving one thing, there's a God. It was him against the entire world. Now you know where we get our is from. Now we know where the Jewish people get their brazenness from. He was not afraid. He had tremendous pride. He believed in it and he fought for his belief. Yet, the crescendo was that he was thrown into a firing inferno. Nimrod tells Avram Avinu, thou down to me or I throw you into this firing inferno. I will show the whole world that your dreams are worthless, that your belief is nothing, because if you have a God, let him save you. Avram Avinu said, do what you want. I'm not bowing down to you. And he throws Avram Avinu into the firing inferno, and he walks around for seven days. No problem. And from that, many people converted to, at that time, Judaism. They became followers of Avram Avinu. Yet, this is mentioned in a few verses in the Torah. 
And yet God doesn't tell Avram Avinu, Yashakoyach, thank you for all the work you did for me. At the age of 75, all of a sudden, Vayoyim and Hashem el Avram, I have a mission for you. I want you to move. That's the mission. Move from Choron and move to Canaan. And how should you move? And this is considered to be the first mitzvah that God commanded Avraham Avinu, the first Jew. What is so unique about this mitzvah? Avraham Avinu, up until then, served God according to his estimation, according to his understanding. He did not serve God the way God wanted to be served. In other words, God tells Avram, if you truly want to be a Yid, if you want to be a Jew, then it's not enough you're willing to die for me. That's not enough. You have other people in the world who are willing to die and blow themselves up for their beliefs. That does not make you a Yid. That does not make you a Jew. What makes you a Jew is you have to leave your land. What is your land? The word Atzucha are the same letters as Ratzon, your will. You have to leave your will. Number two, you have to leave your father's home or your birthplace. means your habits. And number three, you have to leave your father's home. Your father's home represents intellect. Father and mother represent chachma ubina. Intellect and understanding. Children are emotions. So God tells Avram, it's true. You are an amazing person. You're an awesome person. You're an intellectual. But that doesn't make you Jewish yet. To be a Jew, you have to serve me. Furthermore, Avram Avinu at that time was 75 years old. 75 represents one's emotions. Because we have seven emotions. Chesed, Gvura, Tveres, Netzach, Hoy, Yisoyed, Malchus. And each one of these emotions have 10 details, 10 levels. So Avram Avinu refined all of these seven emotions to its perfection. Plus five represent the five fingers of the right hand, which alludes to the five levels of chesed, of kindness. As you know, Avram Avinu and Sarah had a tent open from all four sides. And they had guests all the time. So they had this quality of chesed. Yet, God says, that doesn't make you Jewish. If you want to be Jewish, you have to follow me what I tell you. Furthermore, Avram Avinu was Avram. Not Avraham. What does Avram mean? So we find in the, in the books of Kabbalah and Chassidus a fascinating thing. Avram means like this. Avram. Av is father. We establish father means intellect. Ram means exalted. Exalted intellect. As the quote goes, that Avram Avinu was Seichel Hanela Mikol Rayin. His intellect was beyond any comprehension. He was such a genius that the average person could not perceive his intellect. He was a giant. He was a giant in knowledge. But he did not have the capacity 
to communicate this intellect to the average person. He was inverted when it came to his intellect. It was Avram. God says to Avram, I want to change that. You're 75 years old. It's not too late to start all over from the beginning. Whatever you did till now, that's fine. But now you're starting all over. You're starting a new path. You're starting a new journey. And even though you're 75 years old, you're not too old. I'm going to transform your Avram to Avraham. That knowledge that's beyond intellect will become now Avraham, which is Av Hamoin Goyim, the father of all nations, which means you're going to be able to communicate the deepest secrets of godliness and spirituality and holiness and Kabbalah, which we know Avram Avinu studied Kabbalah, to bring this down, El Ha'ores, to the land, to the lowest level of earthliness and impact all the nations of the world with your knowledge. So this is the introduction of Lech Lecha. Avram Avinu's transformation from Avram being isolated and being concealed and being inverted and transforming this knowledge and communicating it with the rest of the world. In other words, it is a fusion of heaven and earth, which brings us to the next topic. And that is, Avram Avinu, according to our sages, began the 2,000 years of Torah. What does that mean? The Talmud tells us the world was created for 6,000 years. The first 2,000 years are the years of chaos. The second 2,000 years is the years of Torah. The three 2,000 years, the third represents Yumoisa Mashiach, the days of Mashiach. Now, in the first 2,000 years, we had the flood. There was chaos, destruction in the world. The second 2,000 years was the birth of Avram. And Avram is disseminating oneness, one God in the world. And then we had Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah on Sinai, in the year 2448. So Avram Avinu begins this journey to receive the Torah. We read about this every year. And the question is, why do you have to read about the introduction to the Torah every year? We already got the Torah. And the answer is, for the same reason why we read about the promise of Israel every year. We already got Israel. So why do you have to read every year in Lech Lecha? Three times God is promising us the land in the future. And then later we say, Nesati, I already gave it to you, when in truth we have it already. So the answer is, that we're still in the introduction. We're still in the preface. Because... We're not all there yet. In other words, number one, God promised us a land where all the Jewish people will be upon that land. And today, Baruch Hashem, we have Kanara, according to many statistics, over 7 million Jews living in the land of Israel. Now, we have 7 million Jews, Kanara, living in the land of Israel, in seven of the countries or seven of the kings that were the monarchs of the land of Israel. But God promised us a land of the ten kings. 
the land of the Kani and the Kanizi and the Kadmoini. We didn't get that yet. Furthermore, even today, you don't have all the Jews there. Furthermore, you have only the Jews of this generation. And the ultimate goal is to have all the Jews of all the generations. So in essence, this promise was not yet fulfilled. And each year we read about it. We are reminding ourselves that it's true. We have the land of Israel. We have a phenomenal army. And they will protect us. And God protects the army. And we will be victorious against our enemies. At the same time, we are not all there yet. And because of that, many of the laws don't apply. The laws of Jubilee. You don't have a holy temple there. You don't have a king there. So many of the laws are not yet fulfilled because we are not living in the land of Israel. And therefore, every year we are reminded the ultimate destination is Lech Lecha, that every Jew is going to be in the land of Israel. That does not mean we can't have a second house in Brooklyn, a third house in Aspen, a fourth house in, in Switzerland, etc., etc. But, but every Jew will have a home in Israel. And some already have a home in Israel. So this is Lech Lecha. And the same concept applies to the 2,000 years of Torah. That every year we are learning about Avram Avinu to remind us that now we are introducing ourselves to the Torah. We don't have the Torah yet. Now what does that mean? We already have the Torah. So why do we say Avram Avinu began the 2,000 years of Torah? Because the answer is, even in Torah, there are many, many layers of Torah. We are told that the Torah that Mashiach will teach us is so great that the Torah that we learned up until then is nothing, hevel. It's like nothingness compared to the Torah that we are going to learn when Mashiach comes. And furthermore, the Torah that we are going to receive from God himself, a whole new level of revelation of Torah, will be even greater than that. So therefore, we are now only lech lecha. We are now in the introductory stages to the receiving of the ultimate Torah. Furthermore, what really happened with Lech Lecha? God tells Avram Avinu, for the first 75 years you did amazing work. But you did work which is limited based on your estimation. You are a finite person and therefore you can do finite work. Now that you become my person, now that you become subservient to me, Lech Lecha you are going to go to your essence. You are going to find the essence of who you really are. You don't know who you are yet. You don't know your powers. You don't know your potential. Because till now you are working based on your finite estimation. But if you're going to leave your land and leave your father's home and leave your place of birth and become one with me, you'll be able to tap into infinity. And so now you have Avram, this high wisdom, will now become one with edits, with land, a fusion of heaven and earth. And this is the introduction to the Torah. Because what happened in Matan Torah, we spoke about this many times, God comes down to the mountain, Moses goes up to God. There's a fusion of heaven and earth. Before the giving of the Torah, the knowledge of Torah was known. Noah knew the Torah. Avram studied the whole Torah and fulfilled the entire Torah. Yitzchak knew the Torah and fulfilled the entire Torah. Yaakov knew the Torah, fulfilled the entire Torah. So what was the novelty of Sinai? The novelty of Sinai was 
fusion of heaven and earth. In other words, before Sinai, if you wanted to put on tefillin, you could take a hide of an animal and make it into a box and put it on your arm and head, you have tefillin. But the tefillin did not become holy. There was no transformation in the box. You could take the box theoretically and throw it into the garbage. Today, when we take the box and we do it, the shame mitzvah tefillin, and you put on the tefillin and you make a bracha, laniach tefillin, the tefillin now becomes transformed. It's no longer a box. It's no longer a hide of an animal. It now becomes a chefza shal mitzvah, becomes transformed into an article that is holy. And you have to kiss the tefillin. You have to respect the tefillin. It now becomes a totally new object. This power to transform something physical and make it holy, this was given to us at Sinai. Every Jew today has that power. When you take an apple, and you make a brach on the apple, you elevate the apple. And when you take a hide and you, and you buy a sefetera, you are now transforming the ink and making it holy. You take a candle Friday night, you make a brach on it, it becomes holy. You make chalaf Shabbos Friday afternoon for Shabbos, it becomes holy. Each one of us was given now the power of infinity. This is the blessing of Sinai. This all started with Avram Avinu. And the same is true with the mitzvah of Milah, the circumcision. The mitzvah of circumcision was the first mitzvah that God tells Avram Avinu to do in the physical sense. In other words, Lechlecha was to move, but there was no transformation within the physical. The first mitzvah that God tells Avram Avinu to do within the physical flesh is the mitzvah of Milah. Why this mitzvah? Why now this becomes the official mitzvah of all generations? Because the mitzvah of circumcision is the epitome and the objective of every mitzvah. What is the objective of every mitzvah? To transform the physical and make the physical holy. But when we do the average mitzvah every day, you don't necessarily see how the physical was transformed. When it comes to the mitzvah of milah, we see how the, the foreskin is now removed, and now it becomes a whole new object. This is really the power of every mitzvah. We don't see it with our own eyes, but in reality, every time we do a mitzvah, there's a transformation taking place. So the mitzvah of Mila is all about bringing God down into the physical, into the lowest part of the body. And the same is true with Eretz Yisrael. What is the objective of Eretz Yisrael? This becomes now Eretz HaKodesh, a holy land. It becomes a land that the entire world recognizes and says, this is Eretz Yisrael, a land that belongs to the Jewish people, Israel. And they call it Israel, which means a land that belongs to the Jewish people, the children of Israel, the children of Israel. What makes it Jewish? That, that, that we have a passport that says we belong to the state of Israel? No. Israel means that we follow the Torah. Israel means that these are God-chosen people. Israel means that this is a people that follows the 613 commandments. That's the meaning of Israel. Now, it's interesting and always bothered me. On one hand, God promises us the land of Israel. On the other hand, we have to battle for the land. Why battle for it? I give you a present. It's your birthday. I buy you a nice diamond, a seven-carat diamond for your birthday, Mazel Tov. But now, if you want it, you have to fight me for it. That's a gift. What kind of gift is that? Either give it to me or don't give it to me. But the answer is, this is the message of the Jewish faith. This is the message of Judaism. 
This is your goal. The goal is to go into the land of Israel and to take the land of Israel that originally was called Eretz Canaan, which was the most promiscuous of all the countries in the world, and transform that low-life country into the holiest country in the world. That is our mission, to take the physical and make it spiritual. So Israel is the epitome of who we are. And unfortunately, sometimes there needs to be a battle. But we had too many battles already. We already proved ourselves. And every day we have this battle because we are walking Israel. We are Am Yisrael, and therefore we are Eretz Yisrael. Wherever we go, we are the land of Israel. And every day we have to fight good over evil. To do the mitzvah, not to do the mitzvah. To come to the shir, not to come to the shir. To give tzedakah, not to give tzedakah. To light the candles, not to light the candles. To put the mezuzah on my door, not to put the mezuzah on my door. Every single day we have this inner battle. And when we overcome our inner Hamas, when we overcome our inner evil, then we bring light to the entire world. And it's not easy. God is telling us, this is the objective. Here is where I want you to end up. But each one of us has our battle. Each one of us has that inner fight. But we have Lech Lecha. We have the power of Avram Avinu. One person against the whole world. We have that infinite power to overcome every challenge before us. But we have to know where we come from. Lech Lecha. And therefore God tells us in this week's Pasha, go to yourself. Lech Lecha, go to your essence. Find out who you are. Know what your potential is. You have the potential to connect Avram, the highest levels of spirituality, into Eretz, into the lowest levels of the earth, even into the tunnels beneath the earth. You can bring that knowledge of God. So you first have to know who you are before you go into the land of Israel. This past week, there was a uh, father who traveled from New York to Israel. And the reason why he traveled, unfortunately, was because uh, his son, a Lubavitcher boy, was a soldier, and he lost his life in this war. And so the father's on the plane, and he's thinking to himself, what can I do for my son? I want to do something. I'm sitting now for 10 hours on the plane. i got to do something for my son. I'm going to ask the people next to me to put on film. Now, you have to understand something. This person was not one of these, you know, zealot Lubavitchers who stand on the corners with the mitzvah tanks and put on film. He actually never put on film on somebody else. But he figured for his son, he wants to do something, for the elevation of his son's soul. So he turns to the person next to him and says, Sir, we'd like to put on film. The guy says, No. All right. Turns to the guy left of him. Sir, we'd like to put on film. He says, No. And he becomes very sad. And the people next to him say, tell me, why do you ask me to put on film? And he said, you know, I have a son who joined the army and he, he, he died last week. I'm going to his funeral. He said, what? Your son is IDF? Your son is a chayal? He's fighting for the state? He's fighting for Israel? He's fighting for our people? I want to put on film. We changed our mind. So this guy puts on film and that guy puts on film and word gets out, the entire plane stands up and each one is waiting for him to put on film. And then the captain finds out what's going on. He tells the assistant pilot, you take over. 
and he announces on the microphone, I'm leaving the cockpit to put on tefillin because of this boy who gave his life for Israel. All of us are soldiers. All of us have to give our life for Israel. It doesn't mean we have to fly to Israel or have a machine gun. It means we have to do another mitzvah. And we hope and pray very soon to see Lech Lecha, the ultimate Lech Lecha. How God will gather every single Jew and bring us back to the land of Israel with the coming of Mashiach. Amen.